Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Raya Jr. There will be changes in the program today. Uh, Congressman Hank Johnson is on the floor casting votes. And as everybody knows, uh, there's a good possibility that the government might shut down. Some folks will not get paid. Uh, it's going to be really a, a hot mess, as uh, individuals used to say back in the day. But uh, we do have uh, the president of CL's Royal Esquire Club, Roberto Jordan, on the line. I guess if he wanted to be a member of Congress, he could have in those days. He was <laughs> one of the most popular figures in the Seattle, Kane County, and Washington State area when he was the superstar at the University of Washington Huskies. But he's done a lot of other tremendous and very good things, uh, like leading the Black firefighters. Hopefully they can hold on to that house, sir. But anyway, uh, he's here today to talk about a big event that's coming up on Saturday. Uh, it's the Icons, and I'll let Roberto Jordan, the president of the Royal Esquire Club, uh, talk about that right now. Welcome, sir, and uh, give our listeners an update on what's going to be going on Saturday. Okay, thank you so much, Eddie. Thanks for having us here, and thank you to, uh, to your listeners. Um, this Saturday, uh, Royal Esquire Club is having what we call Icons Night, and it, what it is is a celebration of um, some icons in the community, in the African-American community that have served us well over years. Um, the people that we are going to be celebrating this year have been in, they've been, been on our televisions, they've been on our radios, they've been been everywhere and, and we've seen them, they're journalists and they've been there for decades and they've been, um, uh, they've had excellence in what they've had. We've um, uh, believed everything that, that will <laughs> believe most of the stuff that they said as best as we can uh, when you're talking about journalism. But uh, we're going to honor Deborah Horn, um, Mickey Flowers, Steve Poole, Joyce Taylor, Essex Porter, Connie Thompson. And we're also going to give some love to the Medium newspaper and the Facts newspaper. These all these entities and people have been around for decades, decades, and they've um, uh, done us well by giving us um, uh, information that we need, stuff that we don't hear about. And um, um, when we hear alternate facts, uh, we, get the, we get the truth from these folks. At the same time, we're also going to recognize Converge Media Group. Um, they're, the, they're the new media that's out there right now. And just for the work that they've done in the short amount of time that they've been around, we just want to give them um, some love also. So it's going to be at the Royal Esquire Club. It's going to be this Saturday. Um, the doors will open at uh, 530. There's going to be uh, dinner. Um, dinner served Roberto, also. We're going to come, we, need, we need to come back to you. Congressman Hank Johnson's on the line. That's the only person right. I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. Congressman Hank, how you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm in the middle of uh, a 30-vote series here on the House floor. Uh, these are two-minute votes. So I'll, I'll be kind of in and out with you. I hope you will uh, understand. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're taking care of people's business and what's going on in Washington, D.C. It needs to have everybody's attention. I'm glad it has yours and other members of the Congressional Black Caucus. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. It was good to see you last week at the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, the 52nd Annual Legislative Caucus or Conference, I'm sorry. It was a pleasure to be there. You had a dynamic panel, including one young lady I know fairly well. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. So it was great, great to see you at my panel also. Thank you for coming. 
Oh, absolutely. So and hold uh, on, let me let me dip out and uh, cast this vote. Hold on one sec. Okay, well, Roberto, you, you <laughs> I'm glad you're here. See, that's what I was saying. But you know, we need to know. Here's a blow by blow account. Yes, we got to. Yeah, we got to ask right. about the governor closing down. Those guys working on the border, you know, they could be very discouraged, not getting no paycheck. And uh, folks in the military around the world protecting everybody else's freedom except for ours, the right to vote. <laughs> you know, uh, our, our greatest enemies are not on foreign shores, on foreign seas. They're right here in the good old USA. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we just have to be real serious about it. Uh, anytime democracy's challenge and uh, your second-class citizenship is being reiterated by certain policies. Uh, so is the government going to close down or what? Yeah, it's looking like that. Uh, all signs are pointing towards a government shutdown, and that's unfortunate for all of the federal employees, uh, including essential workers who have to come to work, but they won't be getting paid as well as those who are deemed non-essential, they won't be getting paid either. And then a lot of the services that uh, the people uh, uh, expect to happen, I mean, this federal bureaucracy is cutting checks and doing other things that help the American people. All of that comes to an end with a government shutdown. And so that's, mm -hmm. it's a major disruption it affects our economy, and it's uh, unfortunate that we have a group of people out here that don't want to do the work that they were elected to do, and that is the, the fundamental thing is to fund the government. It's government of, by, and for the people, and if, if it has no spending authority, then it cannot work for the people. And that's when people realize that they don't have a government working for them, uh, that's... Uh, you know, that's that's a tough, that's, that's something tough when you can't get your check. You know, you can't, you can't eat, you can't pay rent, you can't pay your utilities. You can't put gas in the car and food on the table for the kids and for yourself. And so it's bad. I want to make sure that you know that uh, the, the president of the Royal Esquire Club, uh, Roberto Jordan, is on the line. They're going to honor some people Saturday night at the Royal Esquire Club in Seattle. And also Mr. Frederick Marshall, who's a past grandmaster and the acting warden for uh, the Masonic Lodge Number 43. Uh, they're going to be on the program a little later talking about their activity that's coming up. So, uh, but I appreciate you stepping out. Uh, keep us surprised of uh, what's going on. And uh, it looks like the government is going to definitely shut down. Yeah, it looks like it. But until that comes, I remain hopeful that uh, something will happen and we'll be able to avoid a government shutdown. So all hope is not uh, is not lost, but yet all indicators are pointing to a shutdown. So people need to start getting ready for it. And uh, But I hope that it can be avoided. Well, Congressman, uh, the other thing... Hold on thing, one second. Uh, hold on. Hold on. He's going to cast another vote, and that's, uh, the government is not looking good to continue past uh, Sunday on. night. Okay, sir. Well, anyway, uh, Congressman, uh, we have to have you on because we need to have you talk about the, your legislation, the Term Act, which would uh, would uh, have a term limit for uh, Supreme Court justices, and hopefully we can make it retroactive so uh, a couple of them can be gone. So anyway, I want to thank you for this time today, but 
uh, when you have more time, I want you we to go into detail with my audience about uh, the term act and what the implications are and what the uh, what the prognostication is in terms of getting through uh, Congress and also getting through the Senate. So uh, thank you very much, sir. And we will be in touch. It was good seeing you last okay. week. Okay, I can do that. And just so happens that today marks the 18th anniversary of uh, Chief Justice um uh the chief justice gosh i'm escaping my name john uh the chief justice this is his 18th year anniversary so he would be covered in my term limits uh legislation as would uh clarence thomas and uh i think alito would be covered as well they would have to come off uh active duty immediately if uh once this legislation passes and that would uh create opportunities for new appointees to fill their slots uh, and renew democracy for all uh, in our country. So thank you so much for having me, and uh, we'll look to talk back with you soon. Okay, so remember Roberto Jordan and Frederick Marshall, and we also have been joined by uh, uh, the President and CEO of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, Michelle Merriweather. So I want you all to know who's going on here. So uh, thank you very much, Congressman. So, Roberto, let's go back to you. And uh, we're, you got a big event coming up. It's on uh, Saturday. Uh, what time is that event going to start? We're going to start at uh, 5.30 is when the doors are going to open. Um, and uh, as I said, we'll go through there, the cocktail hour. We'll be serving dinner in there. The program will start. Um, and as I said, we're going to honor, and I'll, I'll go over the names again, just in case people are just tuning in, um, Deborah Horn. Mickey Flowers, Steve Poole, Joyce Taylor, Essex Porter, Connie Thompson, the media and the Facts newspaper, and also giving some love to Converge Media Group. Um, the uh, Black pioneers that have served the Black community, actually they've served all of um, the Northwest on the television for decades. And so we wanna make sure that they get their flowers while they're, while they're still here. Um, tickets can be gotten at TicketLeak uh, forward slash RECicons.com or Royal Esquire Club.com. Um, $50 to get in, that takes care of your seating and your food and, and everything else like that. Uh, money goes towards the um, Royal Esquire Club scholarship fund where we'll be giving uh, scholarships away to some kids. Uh, we haven't been for a while. Be- you know, between the shutdown and everything, getting back back on 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 board, this will be our first uh, signature event that we have where we do it. It's usually very well attended and um, um, a big deal. But I just think that these people deserve the flowers that that they'll be getting Saturday nights um, uh, because of the work that they've done and some of them continue to do. Well, Mickey already has flowers. She's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Roberto. Hey, man, thanks a lot. And congratulations on the work that you're doing, Mr. President of the Royal Esquire Club. And uh, I know Congressman Thompson, I got to let him know uh, you shared the, the president's time today. The president's yes. Esquire Club's time. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks much, Thank man. Thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you. We appreciate you. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we're going to get to my next guest, who is the president and CEO of the Urban League Metropolitan Seattle. Been announced that they've acquired 1.9 acres of property to have their headquarters built as well as provide 275 to 300 
uh, affordable home apartments for people making 60% of the area median income. And that's an outstanding job. So Michelle Merriweather, I want you to know that I ran in and, and chatted with uh, the big boss, uh, Mark Moriel, over the weekend during the Congressional Black Caucus and let him know how well you were doing. And I come back and see this here. So you got to make <laughs> sure he sees that like right away, uh, making real proud. But I do did send Tina a copy of this uh, the email that went out to know that you're on. And also, I think they, they, they look at me on Facebook as well. So uh, why don't you go ahead and let us know what's going on. And I see that we've been joined by some of my, my brothers from the um, Sonic Lodge number 43. We're going to get to them a, a little later. But Michelle, let's give our folks the good news. It's good to have somebody who got some good news. We got good news. We got good news. Yes, the Urban League uh, purchased, uh, with the help of the city and the state, uh, the block at 23rd and Rainier. So I always call it the Burger King uh, lot. Um, Burger King 7-Eleven and Baskin Robbins will be the future home of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. Uh, and like you said, um, around 275 units of um, affordable housing. We're also, Eddie, trying to put a plan together uh, to um, create an opportunity for some home, some af affordable home ownership in that mix as well. We haven't figured out all the details, but that's certainly the goal. As the cost of living in the city rises, our folks getting pushed out, um, and and nothing to be said um, wrong about living in uh, Kent and Federal Way and Tacoma and all those other places. I live in Kent myself, but folks should be able to live in Seattle should they choose at an affordable rate. And so that is uh, a big part of what we're trying to do, but also um, make sure that the Urban League has a home to provide and our community has a home to receive the resources and support and education and um, tools that uh, we're providing. We're excited about it. Michelle, I want to ask you, uh, give our listeners some kind of idea of the kind of services that the Urban League provides, as well as the various departments you guys have. Of course, of course. As you know, uh, we provide uh, um, home ownership um, training with Miss Linda Taylor, who has been with the Urban League for over 25 years. One of the top uh, housing experts in the country. <laughs> one of the Secretary top housing experts in the country, literally. Uh, providing opportunities for us to receive the education and tools to be prepared to own a home, credit and budget workshops as well. We also do a lot of, you know, when we purchase these homes and and maybe not so prepared or something happens in our lives to where we are at risk of losing our home, we do foreclosure prevention and mediation uh, as well. Uh, but on the other side, we also do workforce development, uh, training, job connection. We're also in uh, several schools, high schools, working with our young people to make sure that they have mentorship support, um, uh, access to uh, job opportunities, access to college and career. We take our young people on civil rights trail trips as well as visit uh, our state schools as well as our historically Black colleges and universities. And so we do a lot. Uh, and um, I would be remiss if I don't uh, mention that we also 
um, support those that are experiencing homelessness. We have a permanent supportive shelter in West, West Seattle, and we are soon uh, to open a permanent supportive shelter for those that are exiting homelessness in a federal way. And we also have a transitional home that houses seven young men age 18 to 22. They can live there independent living for up to two years um, up in the North End. So we do a lot, but it is all for the betterment of our community, not to mention our advocacy public health um, and work as well. Now, if uh, people have, uh, in terms of the various departments and services provided, can you kind of go down the list and let uh, people know? Because you right now you have some things happening on 14th and Yes, Sir. Then you yes. also got your other uh, center on uh, on Rainier Avenue South. Yes. Um, so the, the best place to start is um, our website or give us a call to talk through what your challenges or needs are, and we can point you in the right direction. Or if you would like, you can stop by our uh, resource center right there on uh, Rainier, 901 Rainier, and the team there can point you in the right direction. Our other office, 105, you can, uh, 105 14th Avenue, where we have been uh, for a long time, uh, you can also stop by there. But that uh, office mainly houses um, our administrative offices now, and our housing team is there too. But they usually work by um, our our home ownership team is housed there as well. But they usually work by appointment. So if you are looking for a job, education resources, um, the bless the best place to start is nine hundred one uh, Rainier or online. Now, you guys also have programs involving young people, uh, young professionals. And you are uh, talking yes. about talk quite a few of them at the Congressional Black Caucus <laughs> last weekend. Yes, yes. Um, that's actually, uh, Mr. Wright, that's how I started my Urban League journey as a young professional. Our young pro we have two auxiliaries, our volunteer uh, groups, uh, the young professionals in the guild. The young professionals are traditionally age 21 to 40, 45. We don't card. Wherever you consider yourself a young professional, come on and join us. There are professionals in their own right, in their own fields that just are, are dedicated and committed to supporting both the Urban League and our community through volunteerism. They also are developing themselves and to be phenomenal leaders through professional development, uh, and uh, supporting our community through uh, advocacy um, and volunteerism as well. They're a, an amazing group. And, you know, I also have to admit, they like to have a good time too. So networking um, and, a, and a lot of fun. But yeah, I started as a young professional um, probably close to 20 years ago, not to show my age, but um, yeah, close to 20 years ago. But we also have, um, led by uh, Ms. Taylor, uh, the Urban League Guild, which is our longest serving group of volunteers who are, I, I call our senior soldiers that, um, you know, with a commitment of time, dedication, advocacy as well. There are 40 plus um, in age, um, but uh, legacy and lifetime of experience that they're willing to share and commit to both the Urban League and our community, and also just with each other and fellowship and gathering and connection, which is also 
uh, a tremendous opportunity for folks to get engaged with the Urban League. All right, Ms. Michelle Merriweather, President and CEO of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. It's good to hear some good news. Thank you very much for your time today, and thank you for your commitments to the hood. We appreciate you. Oh, I love it. I appreciate you. And how did I get so lucky to be on this uh, be on this show with all these fabulous young uh, men? Thank you. They're, they're the all doing something too. Thank you. All of them. I okay. love it. Yeah, I do want to. I want to. I want to uh, welcome Frederick Marshall and Ed Hill and Rashad Hart. But our next guest, before we get to to uh, the uh, 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 the lodge for number forty three. Uh, is going to be Peter Gashuru, who is uh, the president and CEO of the African Chamber of Commerce of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they have an event that's going to start at 8 o'clock on s- Saturday morning. It goes to 10. Uh, you, I guess you can have a room at the Motif Hotel, and you can participate all day. So, Peter, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. Let our listeners know what's happening on Saturday with the African Chamber of Commerce of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, thank you, Adi. Eddie. I thank you for giving uh, giving me the opportunity uh, to talk about African Chamber of Commerce and the event that we are holding on Saturday. Uh, it's called Africa Day Business Forum. Uh, we've been doing this for for 23 years, and what we do is that we bring business people from Africa, business people from here, government officials from here, from Africa and government officials from here. We build leakages. We want American companies to do business in Africa. Africa right now is being dominated by China. So let's let's build bridges. I had the opportunity of attending the event when Nelson Mandela was here way back many years ago. And I shook his heart and he said, you are the bridge between where the resources are and where the resources are needed, Africa. Okay, so please join us on Saturday. You can register when you come in or if you wish to, you can call us. Uh, Our email is african.chamberofcommerce at commerce w-a-g-o-v and my phone number is 206-769-9183 i'm a son of an african i came to seattle way back in 1963 as a young man went to high school here went to seattle university worked for the counties and about 24 years ago i started african chamber of commerce because I felt that I need to play a role in connect my motherland, Africa, with my new homeland, America. So hoping that you will all join us. We need you. And, uh, and, and this is going to be a great event. We have a ambassador from Kenya. And I uh, get a chance to speak. We have a what we call green transportation for Africa. Rob Smith is building electric buses for Africa. Ken Wanda is building electric buses for Africa. So please join us. This is going to be a great event. And Ed, I thank you. I know Ed for many years. He attended our first Africa Day Business Forum. 
and now this year is the 23rd. And there are two years we didn't hold it, so this would have been our 25th. So I thank you for your continuous support. Uh, you are son of an African-American who originally came from Africa. So you are a true brother, yeah. and we thank you. I think everybody knows the true brothers and true sisters, because <laughs> all our folks did come from there the hard way. But Peter, why don't you share with our listeners uh, some of the dignitaries you've had in the past? You've had like ambassadors from countries and folks like that? Uh, yeah, we had ambassadors from Congo. We had ambassadors from Kenya. We had ambassadors from Ghana. Uh, right now, this year, we changed the date. We used to hold the event uh, in November, but we decided to hold it in September. So we have less ambassadors, but definitely we have uh, business people from Africa. Kenya ambassador will definitely be there. Uh, and we are hoping uh, you can join us uh, for this wonderful, great event. Okay. Uh, we, we are also adding, we'll talk about this later. Uh, next year, we like to, to, hold, to do a trade mission where we bring you business people, especially African-American, come with us to Africa. Peter, before you go, I got one question. How many African billionaires are there? African billionaire, I know there's one in, I can remember, I know very well of one in Nigeria. Uh, he's always coming on TV. And uh, and there's another, there, there are many. I don't have exact number, but there are many. But yeah, there the are more, more, more there than there is over here, that's for sure. Yes, okay. yes, there are more. But okay. the problem we have, Ed, is that we still have the majority of Africans struggling. So we want to change that. I got you. Okay, Peter. Uh, good luck on Saturday, and I'll see you during the daytime. I'm going to drop in again, as I usually do. So okay. thank you very much, Peter, and good luck yeah, with the thank event. Thank you so much, and all of you, again, please join us. Uh, this is a great event. All right. Okay. Uh, Eric, we're going to take a break. I want everybody to know that two hours after the live program, Eric back at the station has a way of getting us on Alexa, on podcasts. It'll be on 24-7, so this is not just a one-hour show. So I want to thank Frederick Marshall and Rashad Hart and Ed Hill to hang on to after the break. We're coming back to the brothers from the Masonic Lodge number 43 at the Alkive Masonic Center over in West Seattle. So let's take this break and come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. 
If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. We're back, and I want to let people know that I want to thank Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, uh, Equity, and Inclusion, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Department, uh, Sound Transit's uh, Sound Transit's Office of Equity. I've said then. Uh, also, I want to thank uh, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, SeaTac Bar Group LLC. They own the Africa Lounge and Mountain Room Bar out on Concourse A at SeaTac. And we're back now, and we do have. Uh, uh, Frederick Marshall, uh, Rashad Hart, and Ed Hill with us from uh, uh, Masonic Lodge Number Forty Three, and I want to have uh, the uh, the, uh, the who is going to step up and do the history of the lodge. I'll do the history. The we're, Union Lodge Forty Three is part of the most worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Washington in the jurisdiction. So not only do we have lodges here um, stateside um, in Washington, but we also have lodges on uh, military installations throughout the world. And uh, Union Lodge came together back in 1960. Um, the more social principal hall Grand Lodge has been around. It's been around for a minute. Um, so we've had our roots within the community for, for quite some time, for many decades. And some of the, uh, some of the contributions that uh, members of the lodge are making to the community? Um, I will speak up on that. Again, my name is uh, Past Master Frederick Marshall of Union Laws. So, um, I have to, I have to, you know, I'm not the Grand Master. I wish there was though. But some of the things that we do in the community is uh, we have a uh, a young Masons, Knights uh, of Pythagoras, that we bring young kids, young men's up, uh, teach them the etiquettes of life, or how to dress, how to groom themselves. Uh, we give them scholarships. Uh, we take them fishing. Uh, we just do things with young men in the neighborhood, just teaching them, bringing them up how to be a young man. We also, um, you know, since pre-COVID, we try to do CPR classes in the neighborhood, something that one of the things we're trying to get back up and going uh, post-COVID. Uh, so we're really trying to get back into the community now since things have opened back up to show the community that uh, masonry, it's a private industry, but we're, we're open to the public to show what we're about. That, you know, we are, we're not so secretive that we don't know what it's about. So I think the community seem to think that we are, but we're not. We're pretty open. Sometimes we have, during the year, uh, we have actually have open house so people can understand what we're about. And do we, we try to uh, deal with the public as much as, can, uh, much as we can, um, do our marches, what we did once with you, but back then, just try to stay involved and let them know that we are here. We try to uh, have Christmas drives that we give back to the community, the people not able to basically support different things during the Christmas, um, hopefully get the Thanksgiving baskets out. That's something we are trying to back get going back again during this year post-COVID. Because like I say, before then, a lot of things got shut down. But that's what we're doing for the community. Where do you do the distribution from? Do you do you actually carry it around to the various home people that are in need? 
how, how do people access that? that gratuitous? Once we get yes. going again, we hope the, uh, the, the goal is to have people come to the lodge and pick things up. Um, during that during that time frame, like I said, the, the, we shut down once before, but right now that's what we're trying to do: get people to come to the lodge, and if need be, the ones who don't have the transportation, we will try to get those out. But that's something that, that we're trying to get back going. We haven't cranked back up yet, but that's one of the things that we have done in the past, our community. And that's very good. I also, want to welcome Truth Allah, my friend, is joining us right now. How you doing, Truth Allah? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you, and good afternoon. Okay. Uh, well, these brothers, before you got on and discussed the, the uh, order we want to go in, so does that make uh, uh, Mr. Hill next? Uh, is he, is, yep. yeah, I did, he was there, yeah. Yes, I wanted to, I want to touch on uh, something that uh, Brother Frederick Marshall, Pathmaster Frederick Marshall said, and that is, we are trying to, we are trying to make ourselves visible in the community. Our Grand East, the Grand Lodge is on 24th in Washington, right behind uh, the the Walgreens there. It's been there, you know, forever. Things are developing around that. We don't want to lose our little place in the community. We are going to try to do their toy drive and bring everybody, get everybody into the the community, everybody back into the heart of what used to be the, I don't care what used to be, what used to be the CD. I mean, that used to be like our territory up there. Um being born and raised in Seattle, not far from where the lodge is, uh, I, I've seen the changes, the gentrification of the whole area. And we, as far as Masons, people don't know we're still there. And so we are trying to show that, yes, we are here. We are not a secret organization, and we are here for the betterment of the community. We teach men, teach boys to be men and hold men accountable to act like men. That is what we do. Uh, so, and uh, I would like to have Truth Allah make a statement. Then let's go into what's going to be happening on Saturday. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you. Long time community activist, Truth Allah. Go ahead, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're also, um, I'm going to piggyback what uh, Worship Master Ed Hill said. Um, we're definitely striving to re uh, reengage the community. Um, however, just like uh, me, uh, well, myself being a board member with the new McKinney Center and striving to add on to what you have built and uh, the other community founders and elders. And so that I can be, you know, looked on in that great light as well, um, striving to just continue to add on. We we not only did things or doing things in the central area. We're striving to unify and reinvigorate movements in our community and deal with collaborations with not only just the black community, but the African the African community, um, the um, communities outside of Seattle, because we're now so spread out. So now we kind of I, I always talk about it being like a Voltron looking at it to where you have multiple lions and we're just striving to pull them together so that we can work in unison and do some things and not lose the idea of community, even though we may have lost the uh, geographic aspect of community. Very profound statement, sir. So our Grandmaster Ed Hill, you have to get unmuted. You're... 
Oh yeah, he's the worshipful oh. master. Uh, is the title <laughs> okay? Worshipful master. Okay. Yeah, uh, the grandmaster. Yeah. The grandmaster is uh, uh, the most worshipful Terrell Hinklin. Um, okay. For this, for Washington and its jurisdiction. Okay, get me straight because I, I didn't know. I, I don't know about the end of this program though. <laughs> oh no, he'll, he'll be there. He'll, he'll be there on. He'll be there on Saturday. So. Oh, okay. I yeah. look forward to meeting. Okay. Yes, sir. And like I said, we have uh, um, the other three brothers, uh, Rashad Hart, Frederick Marshall, and Truthala are past masters, which means they've been worshipful masters. Uh, I'm striving to get to be a past master myself. Uh, but now, as far as Union Lodge, we uh, we like to honor the community, things that are happening in the community. And uh, Brother Eddie Rye has always been an outspoken member an outspoken person in the community. When you say you're wrong, he would speak up and say, this ain't right. And what's more than just talking, he'd actually walk the walk. I've seen Brother Ryder back when he had the Afro, uh, you know, stopping major construction projects. I've, I've seen him, you know, with people giving him the bad, no, he don't know what he's doing. No, he's getting everything right for us. He was always the one to stand out in front and speak up and speak out whenever there was a wrong. And I mean, we just applaud you for that. And I believe that you should give a person their flowers while they're still alive so that they can appreciate and enjoy them. So on Saturday at the uh, Alcon Masonic Center over at uh, 4736 40th Avenue Southwest over in West Seattle, we are going to give Brother Eddie Rye Jr. his flowers. We are going to honor him as being a person that speaks out we're going to give him our Speak Up Award for his continued uh, speaking up for people that do not speak up for themselves, that feel like they cannot speak up for themselves. And it's promising to be a, a, a great event. Uh, there are still tickets available. People want to show up. You can get tickets at the door. But it, it's going to be great. And the location is where, sir? Uh, 4736. 40th Avenue Southwest. Right off of Fauntleroy. Yes, yeah. off of right off of Fauntleroy in West Seattle, right on the other side of the bridge. Okay. Well, I want to give an opportunity for anybody else that has a comment or a statement they'd like to make to go right ahead. <laughs> I would just uh, I would like to jump real quick. Uh thank you. Um, all the beautiful and and consistent builders of community that that you are connected to and that were on here also i i truly would like to foster a relationship and utilize our knowledge and wisdom so that we can bring about some consistent change and work collaboratively collaboratively and collectively for so that these young men and women can see that we're not beaten i would love to challenge ourselves to do that um, and I, so anyway, I don't want to go no further. We'll, we'll be talking, I'm sure. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I, was to just, oh, yeah. I was gonna say, just to uh, give people the option, you can also get tickets online at union43.com. Um, you can also go on to our either our Facebook page or our Instagram page, and there's a QR code that you can scan and grab your tickets to the event as well. 
Yes, and, and I want to, I want to just say uh, thank you for giving us the time to share with the community and uh, let let people get to know more about masonry. And if they need to know, they can either reach out or go to the website, the Grand Lodge website, and reach out to a brother. Uh, we're for all mans. We are for all men, and that's what we strive to be, regardless of what their um, beliefs are. So we're about making men better, learning how to communicate and get along in this world as one brothers and sisters as we go through this world. So we just thank you again for the opportunity, and we look forward to seeing you this Saturday. I want to say that um, my father was the youngest member of his family, and he was a Pullman porter, but all of his brothers and his father were Masons. And at this church, uh, this black church in, uh, right outside of Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, the, wow. the cornerstone has their names and it has the Mason insignia on it. So, but my father was, he, he was the youngest one and ended up being a Pullman porter. But uh, A. Philip Randolph did appoint him to be one of the Northwest organizers of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters in 1948, which brought our family up here in 1952. So, uh, I want to thank you guys. I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And my next guest by the name of Henry Yates, this brother's involved with doing some uh, an assessment now on how poorly black folks are doing in business in Washington State. And the numbers indicate that. But uh, before we go to Henry, we're going to take this quick break from Eric. But uh, I want to thank you all very much. And you can hang on if you want to. But I do uh, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. So thank you very much for the honor. I much, very much appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I believe in giving people flowers while they still smell them myself. So thank you very much. So Eric, we're going to take a quick break and come back with Mr. Henry Yates. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. My next guest is uh, Henry Yates of Yates Consulting, and he's going to be speaking on behalf of Tabor 100, a uh, business organization uh, in uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. County area and abroad. So uh, there's an event they have that's coming up there Crystal, uh, uh, as a Crystal Eagle, yeah, the Crystal Eagle Award. I got one 12 years ago in 2011, I think, or 2012. But it, it all add up. But, I, but anyway, 
Uh, so Henry Yates from Yates Consulting is doing some real important work. I want to talk about that before we talk about the gala. So Henry, tell our listeners what you're engaged in now that's going to, might even bring about uh, some opportunities for African-American-owned businesses in Washington State. Uh, absolutely, Eddie, and thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, I also want to mention that my father was a uh, Mason as well. Um, uh, so enjoyed hearing uh, the gentleman who spoke before about the event that's happening on Saturday. Uh, so the work I'm doing is uh, working on disparity studies. Uh, the city of Seattle, the port of Seattle, um, the State Department of Transportation, and King County are all engaged in disparity studies. I understand Tacoma is about ready to start one as well. And what these studies do is uh, they quantify the disparities that exist between minority and women-owned firms and firms owned by uh, white males. Um, and they do that in a couple of ways. First off, we get anecdotal data. You know, we talk with uh, business owners, uh, interview them. Uh, and then what we do is get all the contracts and see how much money came out of those contracts that went to minority and women-owned businesses. Um, and uh, we do the analysis and then the agencies uh, follow up. And I know that uh, WashDOT, uh, State Department of Transportation in particular, uh, may be using some of the data. I think uh, Eddie, that you uh, spoke about this on another show. I think you had Earl Key on. Uh, some of the information that's coming out of the State Department of Transportation study is leading the agency to say that uh, they need to impose uh, mandatory goals on projects uh, and no longer just rely on voluntary uh, efforts because uh, with voluntary efforts, the numbers are yeah, uh, you know, we're not just we're not getting the opportunity. Sometimes, you know, half of uh, the percentage of, of minority firms are working on these projects, um, as a, opposed to the federal uh, projects where you know you get um, uh, the goals are enforceable, their uh, requirements, and they seem to always meet their their uh, targets. Uh, I had when I was talking to Earl, we also talked about. Uh... DOT numbers as well as the state's numbers. In 2021, uh, African-American-owned businesses did 0.18% of the state's business, 0.18, not even two-tenths of 1%. The governor signs an executive order in January 2022. At the end of 2022, African-American firms did 0.22%. Uh, so and every disparity study that I've been made aware of always shows that African-Americans or African descendants of the United States enslaved have been discriminated against. I mean, that's what it actually, the numbers would say. Uh, what can be done to ensure, because, you know, like I was talking to Earl also about the truckers, they're like black, five, 10 black truckers have gone out of business. They're hauling dirt or debris. Uh, that they should not have to be under a prime contractor. Because we know right now, one uh, guy that used to be married to a, a, a lady that had a trucking firm, talking about Grady, trucking and excavation, uh, has a uh, several hundred million dollars worth of contracts, and we got ten black contra uh, truckers out of business. And I was also trying to emphasize the fact: if uh, if you really want to help us, let us bid to the owner 
so we can have a relationship with the bank, so we can expand our business, control our own affairs, not worry about being paid 45 or 50 days late. And that's the way our business can grow. That's just a recommendation I gave to Earl. What do you think about that, having a specific office or entity in DOT and other state agencies so that our firms could bid directly to the owner? We don't do well being, being under somebody's foot. And let's face it, uh, African-Americans are the ones that kicked the door down to created all these programs to start with. And now we know the mood in the country is not very favorable to us, on, no matter what side of the aisle you get on, because if you look at the fact in Washington State, all the power brokers are Democrats. And you would think that George Wallace was in charge when you look at the numbers. So, I mean, I just have to be very honest about it. The numbers don't lie. And they're not my numbers. They're their numbers. I, I absolutely agree with you, uh, Eddie. Uh, that would be an excellent program. Um, and, you know, WashDOT would be a good agency to implement it because they haul a lot of dirt. <laughs> exactly. And I, uh, the numbers they're all said, the availability of African-American firms now after 23 years of no affirmative action is 1%. And participation in, in federal uh, uh, DOT, WashDOT uh, contracts last year, African-Americans did 1.2%. Not saying that, you know, I mean, you look at the, the, the other state purchases, 0.22. Now we come over to where the federal money is 1.2. And the sad thing about this is that all this infrastructure and Jobs Act money is coming down. The Justice 40 money is coming down. And our, our companies, Black companies, need a Marshall Plan to rebuild their capacity. We've had people that's been in business for 20 years, but due to lack of opportunities, they're no longer in business. They should bring those folks back, have them train younger people so that we can continue to participate in the economic pie. And, and I'm don't gonna stay, I'm going to cut you off. Let's talk about... <laughs> We got five, four or five minutes. Let's talk about the event on Saturday, the Tabor 100 annual 22nd annual gala. So go right ahead. Okay. So uh, we are uh, Tabor 100, uh, a organization that uh, uh, consists of uh, entrepreneurs, business advocates, uh, and uh, we're committed to economic power, uh, educational excellence, and social equity for African Americans uh, in this region, um, as well as the community at large. Um, we uh, have been in existence uh, since 1998. We were created as a result of uh, uh, some commitment to a gentleman who passed away, unfortunately, right after uh, I-200 was uh, enacted, uh, Langston Tabor. Langston Tabor had an electrical firm here. You may have known Langster. We're Langston closely Tabor. with him. We both spent $25,000 from each firm fighting I-200. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, yes, yes. He uh, was a very uh, staunch uh, uh, opponent to I-200. Anyway, unfortunately, he passed. Um, uh, his good friend, uh, Glenn Tyner, said in his honor, he wanted to get 100 um businessmen together to create Tabor 100. Um, and that was in 1998. Uh, we're approaching about 400 members now, um, but we are doing a lot uh, in support of the community. Uh, one of the things we're doing is this uh, gala where we are having a uh, keynote speaker, it'll be Dominique Dawes, who's a uh, world-class uh, gold medal Olympist. Um, she's also an entrepreneur, uh, which is what she'll mostly be talking about. 
We are also uh, honoring several members of our community that have been outstanding. Uh, Leslie Jones, many of you may know Leslie. She was an executive with uh, Sound Transit uh, in charge of helping. You just have two minutes, Henry. You got to just remember okay. names. Uh, we're also we're also honoring Lewis Rudd of uh, Ezel's Fried Chicken, uh, Paula Sardinas of uh, lobbying firm. Uh, in Olympia, Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell will be the uh, MC for the event, um, and it is happening this Saturday, uh, 6 p.m. at the Seattle Convention Center. We are also providing uh, $25,000 in scholarships to 10 deserving minority students uh, during the evening. So uh, We've got, uh, you know, silent auction, live auction, um, lots of uh, activity underway. If you want to uh, attend, uh, Tabor100.org is where you go to sign up, or you call the Tabor offices at uh, 425-528-0108. Um, thanks a whole lot. and uh, Thank you, Henry. I'm sorry I took up all your time. No but problem. You're doing some serious work. We appreciate it. Whatever we could do to support you in getting this information, this program is available to you anytime you need to have it. I want to let you know that. And we don't have to have the back and forth. You will be all your time next time, okay? You can tell <laughs> people what they need to do. So I want to thank everybody that was on today. I want to thank Congressman Hank Johnson, Michelle Merriweather, Peter Gashuru, Roberto Jordan, who had his interview. He and Hank Johnson shared some time. Rashad Hart, Ed Hill. Frederick Marshall, Truth Allah, and most of all, Henry Yates. And I want to thank the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, the City Sales Purchasing and Construction Services Department, Sound Transit Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. They own the uh, African Lounge and Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A. And they're also both uh, Iraq veterans. And uh, so you've got quite a bit on the plate for this uh, weekend. And I want to congratulate all the awardees uh, from all the different organizations. They are all deserving. And I'm happy to see that we have the Brothers Union Lodge number 43 uh, getting involved in terms of taking the lead and helping people in the community. We need all the help we can get. The numbers tell us that. So thanks, Eric. Talk to you again next Thursday. Eddie Rye Jr. over and out. <laughs>